It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Today's the day. London's pollution charge zone officially becomes 18 times bigger. To try to improve air quality in the city, all areas within the north and south circular roads are now included in the ultra-low emission zone, also called ULEZ. What it means is a charge of £12.50 a day for drivers whose cars or vans don't meet the minimum emission standards. Ross Phillips is from the Cross River Partnership in London, a not-for-profit group in the city which aims to make positive changes for residents, businesses and visitors. It's been sharing tips and information on what this new ultra-low emission zone means. First of all, Ross, can you give us an idea of what this new ULEZ really is? It operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. Um, but it's been expanded today to create a single larger zone up to, but not including, not including the north and south circular roads. So the charge is focused on cars, motorcycles, vans, minibuses and other specialist vehicles. Now, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, says it will cut the amount of carbon being emitted by more than 100 tonnes. Uh, he says that's equivalent to about 60,000 vehicles being taken off the roads completely. Now, some people will argue it doesn't actually achieve this because people driving cars that don't meet the emission standards can still just happily travel through, but they have to pay for it. Yeah, so I think um, ultimately it's all about improving air quality and also raising awareness of it as well. Um, you know, air quality has a significant impact on London with, you know, around 9,400 premature deaths attributed to it. Ultimately, the charge for those that are driving through are going through to fund, you know, walking and cycling and, and public transport projects as well. So although people may be driving when they aren't compliant, that is used to fund projects that can clean up London's air as well. And I've done a bit of research looking at some cars online if you own a 2012 1.2 diesel Volkswagen Polo, you will have to pay the ULEZ charge. But the owner of a 2006 petrol Vauxhall Monaro, which has a V8 engine, would actually be exempt. Do you think the rules need looking at based on that comparison? So it's about the uh, the, the level of emissions that are produced from each vehicle. I know um, Transport for London and the, the Greater London Authority have, have looked into this in a lot of detail in terms of... Um, how much emissions each level produce. And it's based on some Euro classifications. These have been based on sort of what they think are the the fairest way of doing things as well. Diesel vehicles will emit more certain pollutants more, and therefore 
they can be pretty bad for people's um, respiratory system as well. Now, there has been a bit of concern about poorer people in the city who will face this charge on top of things like rising petrol prices, a drop in universal credit, energy prices going up as well. Do you think this is the right time for the ULS to come in? As I said, I think it's a great time to be doing something about air quality, particularly given the sort of impetus that COVID is given for people travelling sort of independently on their uh, on walking and cycling and getting around in that way a little bit more. There are schemes available for those on lower incomes. The ULES also offers exemptions and discounts as well for certain vehicle owners too, such as if you are a disabled person with a vehicle, uh, a taxi and community transport minibuses and things like that that are available for the next few years. So there are support mechanisms as well. So I would definitely encourage people to be going to the ULES website and looking at the discounts and exemptions if they are concerned about these things as well. And similarly, looking at ways that they can get some funding for scrapping older, more polluting vehicles too. So I think there are the support mechanisms in place for that. So what advice are you giving to Londoners who are impacted by this ULES and have a vehicle that isn't exempt from this charge? Firstly, I would say go and check definitely that your vehicle is or isn't compliant. We've provided sort of straightforward advice and signposting for electric vehicles, for deliveries and consolidation, using walking and cycling more, reducing uh, the number of deliveries that you you make yourself or that you are getting delivered yourself as well. And also, as I mentioned, looking at things like electric vehicles and car clubs and things like that. Now, there are suggestions from some people that ultra low emission zones are going to become the norm across the country, especially as we move towards more electric cars. Is this a realistic assumption? And what do you think the timeline might be for a bigger rollout? It's hard to say necessarily what um, what other cities and, and, and what other towns and cities across London will, um, will be doing. I mean, ultimately, it looks like a really um, great thing for London in terms of its air quality. And so if London is sort of pioneering that, that's a great thing. And, you know, what London will be will be able to do is share some of these learnings as well with other cities around the UK as well. And just finally, Ross, coming up is the COP26 climate conference. Obviously, things like an ULES are trying to contribute towards stopping climate change. How effective do you think the conference will be? Yeah, I think it's it's great. As soon as you get you know a, a number of different stakeholders in the room at the same time, I think that's going to be really useful and really generate some sort of positive enthusiasm around finding this as an almost an opportunity to be able to change how we live, live more sustainably, um, improve air quality, and ultimately improve our lives through having you know greener, healthier streets and and where we live as well. So. Um, you know, it's going to be very exciting and seeing some of the things that come out of it is going to be very exciting as well. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now 
wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.